0: man, I, I feel like I just make you do things you don't want to do. <laughs> That's pretty much what this show is. Edwin, yeah, mean, makes Sam do things that he doesn't want to do. <laughs> I'm going to be absolutely miserable without Twitter, without Facebook. <laughs> Watching The Expanse and Serial.
1: Let's proceed with some
0: COUs. So, my first one on the list is uh, that on our last show we reviewed essentialism by greg McKeown and McKeown. oh fuck and we did have a brief discussion about how selfishness factors into or how this idea of essentialism could perhaps be misconstrued as selfishness right i then actually got a hard copy of the book and mm-hmm. through the joys of sticky notes i have i found and marked a section where he does sort of address this Don't rob people of their problems. I'm not saying that we should never help people. We should serve and love and make a difference in the lives of others, of course. But when people make their problem our problem, we aren't helping Mm -hmm. them. We're enabling them. Once we take the problem for them, all we're doing is taking away their ability to solve
1: it. I actually do remember that part uh, about the enabling, and I might have bookmarked
0: it. I'm not sure I totally agree. I think to a certain extent, degree
1: there might be some truth to it but
0: please go on mm. oh well i mean that's all i had really um <laughs> <laughs> that made it sound like i have some grand grand thing to go into uh, have you been putting some essentialism into your days this week i have i have discounted some meetings has there been any like feedback or consequences not so far
1: but my my calendar is still very full unfortunately mm. So, more essentialism to do,
0: aka being an asshole, <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> yes, don't rob people of their problems, Sam. I have to stop enabling them right people want to wallow in their problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about you? Have you done some essentialism? Well, you said that you've actually lived a pretty essentialist lifestyle
0: uh, well, let's say, I mean maybe that's overstating a little bit. I feel like I've perhaps adopted some ideas and especially around how the mobile phone affects my life or Mm. inserts itself into my life. Uh, Similarly with meetings, I have been a lot more thorough in vetting whether I should attend or not. Um, I'm quite lucky in that I don't have that many meetings Mm -hmm. right now or in this current phase of time.
1: Mm. I wonder if taking a nap at work is a practice of essentialism. Oh my god, I would love that. Because I did do that this week. I actually felt uh, fantastic after a Nice little 30 minute power nap. I had about, I had a really rough night because the kids were sick. And so I probably got about three hours of sleep, came into work because I had a early morning meeting that I had to attend. And then during my lunch break, I had lunch and then I felt obviously very sleepy after the lunch. And it was about like maybe 40 minutes between my uh, next meeting. And I just decided, you know, rather than trying to check emails, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap. And everyone was like, do it. And then I took a a quick 30-minute power nap, and I felt fantastic. I felt like um, I was actually able to concentrate in the next meeting.
0: Well, that Greg, he knows his things.
1: Yeah, that McEwen, that crazy McEwen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me, though, of the coffee nap. Have you heard of this idea? Mm Mm-hmm. But please explain. Well, let's see. So the theory is that when you drink a cup of coffee, it takes 15 or 20 minutes for the caffeine to percolate its way into your body (laughs) and for you to feel the effects of it. And the idea of a caffeine nap is you then have a nap during that time Mm -hmm. so that after 15 minutes, 20 minutes, your, your alarm goes off. You get the rush and the wellness from the nap coupled with the spike in the caffeine and boom, you have feeling doubly refreshed than either just the coffee or the nap alone would have provided.
1: You know, I actually first read about that in a uh, driving safety book where falling asleep on the wheel is one of the most dangerous things, but it's unaccounted for because people can, when they're busted for driving recklessly, you know, the thing that people think that they're doing is driving under the influence with alcohol. And so when they blow the test, it comes out negative, but then they can just shake off their sleepiness and say, no, I wasn't falling asleep. Right. You can't
0: prove that someone was feeling sleepy.
1: Right. So uh, one of the things that it said in the book was that um, like the, the expected amount um, of accidents caused by sleepiness was actually quite high. So one tip was next time you're feeling drowsy, have a cup of coffee and take a nap. Or 20 minutes and by the time that you wake up uh you'll the caffeine would have taken effect and your power nap would be would have made you feel better
0: have you actually ever tried it because i have not no
1: you know why i am unable to drink a cup of coffee in like a span of five minutes
0: yeah i i do i like to savor take my time enjoy it contemplate <laughs> but not only <laughs> that like a cup of coffee is pretty hot <laughs> that's true yeah maybe it's like we'd get like a ristretto or a cortado or something, you can Now the-
1: you've just thrown all your hipsterness all over my face. What you- <laughs> what the fuck was that? Just variations on espresso-based drinks. Ristrato? A ristretto. Ristretto. Yeah. Mm. That's a thing. I'm sure it's a thing. I want you to explain what it is.
0: <laughs> well, this is embarrassing because I don't actually know because I don't really <laughs> drink espresso based drinks. All I know is I think it's like a double shot. It's what a, it's a short shot of espresso. So instead of a double shot of espresso, it's the normal amount of ground coffee, but half the amount of water. It oh. sounds like exactly what you need. Like a concentrated. Yeah, my subconscious perhaps did know this. Yeah, so instead of doing a double shot where it's twice the amount of water, but the same amount of grounds, mm. it's half the amount of water and the same amount of grounds.
1: I think I do do a, a ristretto because the portafilter, when whenever you fill up the portafilter um, and then you press that button that fills it up, It actually fills it up as a double. But then I always hit the single amount of water.
0: See, Sam, you're already a hipster and you didn't even know it. (laughs) That's how fucking hipster I am. Oh my god, I was a hipster before I even knew it. (laughs) (laughs) If we've... Have we exhausted that section? (laughs) Because I've had a thought after the end of our last show. And I thought it would be fun to make Sam delete Twitter and Facebook off his mobile phone. And he enforced him to be an essentialist for a week. Well, not that necessarily that alone makes you an essentialist, but... An essentialist uh, in your terms. In my terms. At least a step towards... (laughs) And you did agree to this. I texted you after the show. So I was wondering if we could have a little check-in and see how you got on.
1: Yes, I will actually show you a screenshot of what I've done. Um, There are a couple of reasons why I didn't delete uh, my apps. Excuses, Sam. I don't hear them. (laughs) One of them is, uh, my Twitter account actually holds about four of my Twitter accounts, four or five of my Twitter accounts, mm-hmm. which are various side project based Twitter accounts. Are some um, comedy spoof accounts as well? Sure. Okay. Let's say, yeah. let's say that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my, my Beyonce account yeah. and then my Carly Ray Jepsen account. Right. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> <there>. Shit. Um... <laughs> So I have all those accounts, and I don't re- necessarily remember the passwords, but my phone does. So having to delete them and input all of that again would be a huge pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided not to delete that. And same thing for my Facebook. Uh, my Spotify account is actually associated with the Spotify login. Right. And I need to check back in with the free version of Spotify. Switch it back to the premium version. So that's all through Facebook. Yeah. And so uh, logging in through Facebook makes it so much easier and simpler. Um, not having that would be a huge pain in the ass. So I didn't delete Facebook. Um, but what I did instead was I created a folder. Here, I'll take a screenshot of it. Oh, you could have hidden the icon, couldn't you? I actually didn't hide it. I just oh, put it in a okay. folder that called that's called Do Not Touch. I've included all the apps in that folder
0: and I put it away um, on the side. Because if you're interested, there, I'll put a link in the show notes because there is a, a quirk of, I think, iOS 9.2 where you can actually hide icons until the next time you you restart your phone. I'll put right. a link to that.
1: I am happy to announce that I haven't checked Facebook.
0: Okay, excellent. But,
1: but that was actually not a huge problem because... On my desktop as well, I actually have a a plugin called um, Facebook Feed Killer, which is great because, um, here, let me actually tell you what the exact name is, Kill News Feed, uh, and it's a Chrome extension, and so when you install it, what it does is if you go to the front page of Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, everything else will show up except for the main feed, uh, and it says, stop Mm. wasting time on Facebook. And it helps for two reasons. I've tried a lot of different Chrome extensions where it actually prevents you from going to the site, but that didn't turn out that it worked because it actually felt very limiting. It didn't give me the satisfaction of actually getting to the site. Whereas with this would kill newsfeed, you know, I still have the muscle memory of actually clicking the URL bar and then typing in FA and then clicking down and then hitting enter to get to Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and having the satisfaction of, you know, my, my notifications pop up and seeing uh, a bit of, like, the side, but then not showing anything on the feed actually gives me the satisfaction of actually getting to Facebook, and then I can simply close the window, which is strange.
0: Hmm, it's like methadone.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it gives me the satisfaction of getting there, but then, you know, seeing that thing where it says stop
0: wasting time on Facebook... Um. Just makes me close it out right away. So my technique is that I don't know my Facebook password. It's all in a password manager. Mm. And then I am not logged into Facebook on any right. browser. So for me to check Facebook, I open a private tab and then log into Facebook that way. Which is also because I don't want facebook to know all the websites i visit and all the the tracking and stuff so Mm. i keep that in a private tab and then close it after i've checked facebook because i'm a bit crazy like that (laughs)
1: but then how would you say happy birthday to all your friends on facebook
0: (laughs) i have a policy for that (laughs) i knew you would yeah and that is i don't (laughs) for a week or two i think about revising that policy and that, birth, and that occurs around my birthday, because I'm like, oh, that's so nice, <laughs> when you get a bunch of people writing on your wall. I'm like, oh, that is nice, but I don't reciprocate.
1: Because, <laughs> yeah, that would not be essential to your life.
0: It's not really. Although, occasionally, I mean, if, if I can think, I think there's, there's two things at work. A, it's also laziness, and B, I don't just like writing happy birthday. Oh, don't get me started on people who write HBD. <laughs> where does the d come from happy birthday that's not a separate word it should be hb Oh uh, anyway so unless i can think of something amusing to write or like i can make a pun out of their name or something then you're not getting a happy birthday from me on facebook
1: wow those are, those are really
0: hard criterias well if you're gonna be an essentialist sam that's what you gotta do so facebook you felt no big deal i think the other thing right. as well is that now Messenger has been taken out of the Facebook app. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have Messenger on my phone, right? So, so I do have uh, some concession. I don't really
1: use Messenger, unfortunately. Um, but another no. thing that I put into the folder to my "do not touch" folder was uh, Imager, which is one of my favorite apps currently.
0: I had no idea it was an app, to be honest.
1: Uh, so Imager's hasn't really been kicking ass in terms of trying to update their their app. Um I'd say even like 6 months ago it was, a, it, was a, it was a huge piece of shit um but ever since the I'd say like the influx of popularity on that site it's actually improved a lot but yeah huge time sink on the phone cuz everything just works so well on the phone all those animated gifs all those stupid images
0: I have to admit I have never even I never even thought that Imager had a iPhone app is it sort of like Instagram where you just get a f- feed of images?
1: Well, it's think of it more like um, Instagram that's been curated by Reddit, almost. Mm, think of right. it that way. So you do get the most popular images with a bit of commentary around it.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah, no,
1: I'm not installing that on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, um, you can keep up with pop culture in a fairly effective way you need to play a quick
0: game of yes yes no
1: exactly to
0: go at any time
1: (laughs) but only relating to the most popular memes yeah that's out there right now
0: but twitter i was i thought twitter might be tough for you to give up for a week on your phone at least
1: twitter was tough i actually broke and started using twitter again it did allow me to use it for special occasions i.e when i put my kids to bed and then i need to sort of kill time until they fall asleep while I sit there waiting for them to fall asleep. when Just when I'm about to fall asleep, I kind of browse it just a little bit. That's mm. Those are my usual moments. Otherwise, I'd have a lot more moments. Um, but actually putting it into that folder prevented me from doing so.
0: What did you do? What did you find yourself doing uh, when you, in the normal moments, like waiting online in a restaurant or waiting for the elevator or sitting on the bus
1: oh so what i did was i was able to clear out email rather than doing so or um the other good choice was just not looking at my phone which is great
0: yeah that's what i was hoping might happen and i'm not sure if it happens to me but do you just sometimes just just sit there and you just mm-hmm. think or just contemplate <laughs> just stare at the wall that seems <laughs> like a funny thought doesn't it like like
1: hmm hmm no no facebook hmm.
0: right I mean, i'm just sitting just here look at the wall yeah <laughs>
1: With my hands on my lap, but yes, actually, that is. I've I've actually given more thought to just um, me being there at that moment, even even for those uh, very fleeting moments. But I think overall, yeah, it's a success. Um, I think I will continue to put those in the uh, in the folder until absolutely required. But I'm glad that I broke on my Twitter because. Are you doing a really professional segue right now? I am. Fuck yeah. Do it, Sam. <laughs> because we, uh, I said in our latest episode of Is This a Show, we profess our love for friendshipping.
0: ta And
1: they replied back.
0: Oh, amazing. It was amazing. Friendship across the internet. And I believe they also followed us. Oh, goddamn. We better tweet some good things. Oh, wait, do you I don't have Twitter anymore? <laughs> Damn.
1: <laughs> they probably unfollowed us already.
0: So I do have a question. Yes. What is what is the last line in their song? Everything up to the last line I can get. I look, I can't figure it out. So if my memory serves. Friendship between humans has many benefits. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there are problems and you want to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. You have nah, nah, friendship problems. Crap, now that you say it like that, like I can't think of it. That is a mystery to be solved. We'll get Starly kind on it. <laughs>
1: Podcasts, shows, and games. Let's do it in reverse order. Let's do games first. Games first. So I have recently played Firewatch. You said that you were going to play it. Yes. And I did. Yes. Did you finish it? Um, I, I <laughs> no,
0: no. I played. I played it for twenty minutes okay uh that's it because the one thing i do like about the steam ghastly app is it does show you the amount of time you've played a game (laughs) right
1: (laughs) yeah that app is a relic of 2005
0: yes you it does not feel like a native mac app at all no probably java or java swing or something like that
1: it does feel like a windows 95 app
0: so, yeah, it's a ghastly, ugly app that loves to auto-start on launch. Oh, right. Auto-launch on start. Yeah, you can change that, but yeah, yeah the setting
1: is a little tricky to change.
0: Uh, luckily, I'm a computer professional, <laughs> <laughs> and so I managed to do that. So, let's talk about Firewatch. So, the first thing I found out was I am terrible at games.
1: I wouldn't say that you're actually terrible. I, would, I was actually thinking hard about this, because for some reason, Firewatch has become a game where everyone who doesn't normally play games has suddenly become very interested in playing this
0: game. Yes, it seems like a gateway drug, a gateway right? game, if you will. But why
1: would you say that it is so?
0: I think there's three things. I think the artwork just looks amazing. Like mm-hmm. Everything, all the marketing, all the, the websites, the mm-hmm. game itself, is immediately compelling should we mm-hmm. say and then if you dig into it a little bit deeper and you're like oh i wonder what this game is about i think there are two things which appeal uh one is it's a reasonably short playing time mm-hmm. like i think you've or i've heard it's about four four or five hours of actual gameplay to complete the game mm-hmm. and that seems like oh that's a nice manageable chunk i'm not going to spend hundreds of hours building my war of worldcraft. that's not a word <laughs> <laughs> well they are words yes <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing <laughs> um and uh, so that is a nice thing You're like, oh that's a finite thing with a clear end and it's not gonna take up my whole life mm-hmm. and three it's not violent it's not shooting it's not military there's no like yeah. army shit you know You're like that's probably more appealing as a Entrance, or a, uh, someone coming into the game's world for the first time you know so, it's not like it's not based on being quick or reflexes or agility yeah
1: it's more of a, a narrative right it's like a nice little chunk of narrative that you can actually progress through
0: exploring the world that kind of thing yeah or or so it seemed well yes indeed <laughs> when it took me five minutes to work out how to exit the elevator in the very first scene so <laughs> why should... did you have to pick up a backpack to exit an elevator <laughs> How does that
1: make any sense whatsoever? Hang on, hang on. Let's actually say that um, this this talk about Firewatch will actually have some spoilers.
0: Okay, yes. Though, I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you by saying there's an elevator and a backpack. But yes, you are right.
1: So that's part's been spoiled by Edwin. Yeah. But yes, the, the we're going to chat about some of the spoilers in Firewatch. So if you want to play the game and experience it for yourself, I would recommend not listening to the following section.
0: But I do recommend playing the game.
1: I mean, if you think about other games uh, with those three criteria, I can actually mention a few other games that actually have those same criteria. Mm.
0: Oh, actually, there's a, there's, a, there's one more as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can add to that, uh, it's available on OS Ten.
1: Right, even including that. Mm, okay.
0: So, I would say
1: there's a bunch. There's a handful of games, uh, especially now. Um, mm. Tons of indie games have really one like really great looking games that are very unique. Two, uh, a nice story narrative that actually follows you through. And then three, it's like a a good-sized chunk where um, the time doesn't... It it won't take you like, you know, 40 hours to actually beat it. But I think there's something really unique about Firewatch that just hits everything right in terms of getting people who are not usually gamers very interested in gaming or, or playing this game. And I think the look is definitely one of them. Like the the unique look, um, the artwork uh, which was done by Ali Moss is really breathtaking and fantastic. But I think even the phrase and the title is very unique, right? It's it's very uh, striking. It's Fire Watch. It sounds very interesting, and even the premise of that you're a uh, a fire watchman in a tower overlooking a forest. That already is a very unique gameplay mechanic that you that would not normally interest the everyday gamer.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's more. I mean, you already get the flavor that it's. This is a bit more unique. It's a bit more hipster, right? So I think those elements really make it open to people who don't usually game to try it out. But here's the problem that I had with it, and this is sort of one of the initial problems. Um, when you do actually start playing it. It does still follow the paradigms of you being a seasoned gamer.
0: <laughs> like being able to pick up a backpack, for example?
1: Not only that, even the control mechanics, right? The the WASD?
0: Right. So that was something I, <laughs> I was like, okay, what do I press? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I like there at some point, because like G seems to be the thing to like interact with the world. Mm-hmm. But yes, there were, some, there were some points where I just mashed the keypad with my <laughs> whole hand. <to> like... <laughs> one of these buttons must do something and I would imagine that a game that tries
1: to um, that automatically felt that it was this sort of gateway game of people trying to get this new experience of storytelling having it set to this relic control system and especially hearing you talk about it even though it was sort of like a laugh you know like oh you know you can't even get past the first level to me that was like a huge problem Because I wanted you to seamlessly experience this game.
0: You're right. It is a barrier to me because I'm now like, oh, well, I feel like an idiot. Right. This isn't a great first experience. I'm like, I can joke about it. But yeah, you're right. I feel like, oh, I can't even get out of this elevator.
1: Yeah. And I gave you that controller, right? To say, hey, you know, like you should actually check it out on the controller. Because I actually played it through the controller because it felt more natural. But then I thought about the control scheme on the controller and even that is actually pretty advanced because um, you have to use the two analog sticks, which are the the thumb-rotating pad thingies. Yeah. And so the left thumb pad, right? Mm-hmm. That thumb pad would then make you go forward and backward, left and right, much like the WASD. And then the right thumb stick would make you look around like the mouse. And I would imagine for a person that's not used to that, that's a little bit disorienting. It's not a normal control sh- it's not a normal control paradigm.
0: Yes, especially considering, you know, my reference point for first person shooters was Doom 2. <laughs> right, which is, you know, you are looking where you're going and that's it. Yeah, and you probably use the keyboard. Oh yeah, totally. Yep.
1: Right. Yep. So even for like looking up and down, you probably use the or not sorry, not up and down, <laughs> left and right. Um you probably use the arrow keys.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about why this has big appeal to people who haven't played games before. And I think partnering with Panic, Panic is a very well-respected development studio in like the Mac world. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I heard of it. I was like, oh, Panic, who builds this software that we know and like in the Mac world as computer programmers. They're partnering with someone to make a game. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I mean, that's you're like, oh, wow. That's interesting, and I think that is also perhaps how they've hooked a lot of people into playing this game, who perhaps haven't played games before because right. they who uh, was like, "Oh, Panic are doing something," but it's a game, huh? Maybe I'll go and check that out. Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem like a huge leap to go. Oh, there's this software I use by Panic for FTPing my files around. Mm-hmm. They do Transmit, right? I think. Uh, oh, they also have worked in the software that's a game. That seems like an easy entry way into into playing a game because it's made by these people that I know, right? From my development work. So that could have been like a pretty damn clever bit of marketing they did. I think that is
1: super clever too. But so the only thing that I really know Panic is popular for is Transmit. I know like some people uh, really like their I think their IDE which is Coda. But I mean, if you think about it, like Transmit is really their most popular tool.
0: Mm -hmm. Is
1: Transmit really that good though?
0: <laughs> I mean, I've not used anything like that for a long time. So,
1: right. So it's funny how much of a it's funny how much people know panic just for Transmit. Then you think about yeah. what Transmit actually is. I thought that was a little bit strange.
0: Yeah, I mean, in my world of Mac and iOS development, they're also known as you know they're they're pretty vocal in the development community. Mm-hmm. You know, they've written some interesting blog posts and articles about how they've struggled to make money on ios apps in the app store which is you know a huge problem that a lot Mm. of app developers are facing right that's not sustainable how the ipad is not the ipad market is horrible for for apps as well you know um so they've so even if even though i don't use transmit myself or any of their software i still know them through their participation or they their standing in the community because they're quite kind of they are involved and are talking and writing and doing stuff that way so but yeah you're right they're the actual software themselves the, the, their actual software i've not used for a very long time
1: right and i did use it before i actually was a fan of coda and transmit and i've liked it a lot mm. but unfortunately i too have not used it in a while but still good on them on being a part of it because i think you're right you're absolutely right like Um, I know a lot of people have actually heard about the game because of panic and their Mm. association with it, but so back to the game. So how far have you actually gotten?
0: Uh, so I'm still, okay. So I'm still stuck in the place I was before and that's not through lack of trying. Oh no, wait, that is through lack of trying. (laughs) So we've got as far as I've got to the watchtower and had a chat with Doreen. No, what's her name? Doris. Mm Mm-mm. Diane. Delilah. Fuck. Okay, there you go. Close. And yeah, I thought it was pretty close. And we've found and there's some fireworks being set off, mm-hmm. and we have to go investigate that. But I need some kind of rope because there's a crevasse I need to traverse. Right. So right. I need to find some rope. So
1: what was the uh, the feeling that you got when you played through those moments?
0: General confusion as to where west was. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, are you seeing this out in the west? So from my previous keyboard mashing, yeah. I had found that N brings up your little compass. Yeah. So I was able to flail around and wait, how do compasses work again? Wait, what does that mean? Right. Oh, right when the arrow is pointing to W, that means I'm looking west. Okay, good. So I was able to see that. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to get a rope. And then I started looking around the apartment. Well, the apartment. <laughs> yeah, about the size of a Brooklyn apartment. I uh, started looking around the, <laughs> the, the tower for, for a rope. And I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is annoying. And that's where I gave up. Or was like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll do something else for a while. And then I've not revisited.
1: There's a really funny tweet by Felix Yelberg, uh, who is otherwise known as PewDiePie. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and he, his tweet was Firewatch is a really cool way to find out I can't navigate whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually I felt as well. Um, uh, there are so many moments where I was actually looking at the compass and the map at the same time while walking, <laughs> just, to, just to get like five feet away from my destination. I
0: think for me, uh, the problem is. I don't know where the playing playing games moment fits in my life. Right. I don't have that time mm. like, oh, I should, oh, now is when I want to play a game. Because I don't ha- I don't know where I don't know where that is.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, right? Like you develop these pockets of timing. Yeah, when do you play games? I play games when it's my me time. Mhm. Which is usually the hours between uh, me putting the kids to bed and uh, me going to bed, which is mm, usually right when I... Basically. Yeah, exactly. So are you playing
0: a game right now, Sam? <laughs> I am. No,
1: I'm not. It usually varies between me drawing ninjas, me doing side projects, mm-hmm. and uh, me playing games. And the podcast, of course. So those are my things.
0: That's That's what I do on my me time. I don't know when I have me time. Mine's a little more sporadic than that. I think that's really it's nice that you have like this clear demarcation of kids and then sleeping kids mm-hmm. as a trigger. I guess that's your trigger, isn't it? it is.
1: If we want to call it a trigger,
0: I should call it a cue rather.
1: Uh, if, if Charles Dewick would say, if there was some psychic connection to my kids falling asleep and me wanting to play a game, <laughs> like a Pavlovian <laughs> response. <laughs> Like if I'm in Stockholm or something and then my kids just happen to be asleep, I'm like,
0: fuck, I gotta play a game right now. <laughs> I feel like I could only play this when I have my alone time mm. rather than it's not something you can play when someone else is around. It's not like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch TV.
1: Well, actually- um, Or maybe it is. I don't I've know. known I've known people that played this game on the couch in front of the TV.
0: Mm, with yeah. their
1: significant others,
0: yeah,
1: because um, then you can sort of go through the story together. And this would actually be a pretty good game to go through the story together, because there are going to be some moments where you have to decide what to say. Uh, it kind of alters the conversation string, and those are interesting to use, like a another person to give you like an opinion of, oh, what should I say? And they'll be like, Oh, you know, tell tell this person to blah blah blah, and it's it's a good dynamic.
0: Yeah, still feels a little strange to make that leap. Mm. But okay. Yeah. Perhaps I should try it. Uh, I should report back and see what happens.
1: But yes, um my take on the game and maybe we should talk about this when you're done with it. If you're done with it, when you're done with it. Maybe. Yep. Um it was super interesting. Um it is trying to do a lot of what this other game tried to do, and the most interesting part of it is um is the story elements that form in your head as opposed to the story elements that are actually being told to you. And I think r- the really good games leave for that room to happen with timing and pacing. And I really feel that there are few mediums that actually allow this to happen. And it's different between like reading a book because um when you read a book you're you're not really in that person's shoes. Sure, it can be written in first person, but when when you read that the person is picking up an object, it's already secondhand, right? No. Yeah. Whereas mm. if you're in control of this player and you pick up that object, and then like a, a story element then comes up, or someone tells you something, you actually feel like that was the cause and effect of that that conversation, and it's and it's uh, it's a lot more intimate. I feel when you experience the story through um the game's character's shoes. But having said that, um yeah, I'd love to talk about this when you're done to actually talk about the story.
0: I will I will make an effort to play more games and figure out where to when to play games. That's
1: yeah, I mean only if your life allows for it to happen because I feel like, you know, games with a lot of movies, you have to be in the mood for it to happen mm, and yeah. really for you to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: So speaking of you enjoying movies.
0: Boom, Sam, you are a <laughs> man today on fire.
1: <laughs> let's talk about one of my favorite TV shows. Let's
0: talk about Sports Night. Oh, let's talk about Sports Night. So you, get, you gifted this to me by the medium of an Amazon gift card. Oh my God. Yeah, I love it. It's great, right? It's okay. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's, I'm really enjoying it. I can't watch it with other people because then I'm so conscious of how 90s it is and how like it is so like rough around the edges and it is a little dated. If I'm just watching it by myself, I can like totally pull it out of my mind and just enjoy it. But if there's someone else in the room, I'm just now really conscious of how 90s it is, and like all these little problems, and how yeah. like, uh, like it does feel like someone's first show.
1: Yeah, and even the way like the shirt is tucked into the pants, <laughs> it just feels so different from the way people would tuck their shirt into
0: the pants now. This isn't is not that long ago. This is 98 and 99. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, which is interesting. Um, so in around that era, you know, Seinfeld finished. We're kind Mm -hmm. of in the middle of fraser middle of friends as well i think yep yep i'm just trying to like place this in like tv history and like what were the other comedies happening at the time um so the laugh track does go all throughout season one i think in season two it gets dropped oh is that what happens yeah aaron sorkin manages to persuade the tv the networks to not put it in that's really strange because i think well maybe your memory was different wasn't it yeah
1: i thought they had stopped the laugh track after like the third or fourth episode but maybe it was just the the topic of the episodes were a little bit more serious where there weren't a lot of laughs
0: yeah so i think there's definitely one where there was no laugh track and then it sort of comes back and Mm -hmm. is seemingly like less and less prominent i'm trying to be, be a bit more subtle i think yeah I think, right. Yeah, I wish there was no laugh track. It's really jarring, it isn't is it? It is awful. How how did we ever think this was a good idea?
1: Yeah. So strange. It's just so stark when you see it in a show like Sports Night.
0: Yeah. But you can totally see the Sorkinisms. Is that a word? That's probably a word. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's how a word now. Started. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that is the beginnings of the walk and talk, the infamous yep. walk and talk. Everyone just being an amazing badass at their jobs. <laughs> yep, everyone being badass at the jobs. Everyone being quick witted, and the mm-hmm. kind of there's a lot of back and forth and repeating things. Yeah. And like uh, just thinking about the sound of words and the rhythm of words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. And like there's some pretty good storytelling as well. I think uh, it still feels a little heavy handed at times, but yep. you're like, well, hey, it's the 90s. But at the same time, like I
1: feel, I feel that it's a it's a good amount of cheese. I forgot who said it, but you know, every good movie is like a good sandwich. It needs just the right amount of cheese.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that sounds! I wish I had said that. that <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I right? may have slightly welled up at the end of the Christmas episode. Ah, oh, that's so good. Where he starts reading names of the people in the in the on the team oh my yeah. god yeah oh not my isn't that my boyfriend will not watch that he's like this is awful this is the horrible <laughs> show really <laughs> <Yes>. yeah
1: <laughs> true but just wait until season two uh until the end of season two it's it it's really cool um did you see the episode with the with the with the football player and natalie
0: oh yeah that's one of the earliest ones isn't it like four
1: yeah I thought that was super interesting and still topical.
0: Yeah, yes. It's amazing how much of it is. Still totally <laughs> Still uh yeah. Still a problem. It's kind of a shame in a way. You're like, oh God, you're like this is from ninety nine and we're still having the same problems. And I watched it
1: recently and I was like, oh wow, like that's still a huge problem. Yeah.
0: Um I am in love with the music.
1: Right. So you you sent me this other album, which um I think it's called remembering the mambo representing the mambo representing the mambo by little feet and this must be the the sort of the brainchild or the influence that Snuffy (laughs) Snuffy Walden is that his name there's a Snuffy in there I'm not sure if it starts before (laughs) or after Walden (laughs) must have gotten the influence for the the music track for this uh, for Sports Night because there's some things that just seems like even the instruments are all the same
0: I think maybe it was retro at the time. I think it was perhaps deliberately retro in 98. Mm. And now we're looking back on it, we kind of lose the fact that it was deliberately retro and we think of it as, oh, that was (laughs) was just retro rather than being deliberate. Because you think about 98, 99, like that sound then would have been more early 90s, I think. Mm. So perhaps they were doing something clever like that. I don't know.
1: Maybe they're trying to make it sound like a sports show.
0: Right, which would be perhaps a little bit behind a the total retro, yeah. yeah. Like the power chords. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well slide guitar, yeah. Yep. I really wanna do just re record our our show theme in, oh, uh, <laughs> in sports night that's... style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well like a strong bass line. ba <laughs> ba boom. Yeah.
0: Maybe one day I'll do. You'll just uh, I'll surprise everyone and just drop in a, a sports night style intro. Yep. Oh. So have you started watching the episodes with uh, William H Macy? No, not yet. I also love spotting people who are going to be in the West Wing. That's so much fun. It's like Donna Moss turns up and her name's not Donna. I'm like, oh, God, I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, there's always going to be uh, a character whose name is Danny.
0: Yeah, maybe that's Aaron's like dad's name or something.
1: No, I think it's his representation of himself. Oh, yeah. Even in Sports Night, even in West Wing, yep. I think also in Sunset Strip, Studio Sixty.
0: Mm-hmm. I've not seen that, but now I want to.
1: Yeah, it's that's also a good show. It kind of falls apart towards the later season, but it's uh, the beginning is excellent. Yeah, I think they all have Danny's. Anyway, yeah, I'm so glad that you like the show, but
0: sorry that you can't watch it with friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think also if you don't have that, if you don't know you like Aaron Sorkin, right. you know, if you don't have that context to be able to see, or like if you haven't seen the West Wing, right? You know, I think that helps certainly because I'm now like, oh shit, I can see how the West Wing, it's, it's almost like the genesis of the West Wing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. And that's just, that alone is fascinating. Speaking of more things I love, I found my new YouTube my new favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> the catering show.
1: Ah, The Catering Show.
0: Which is amazing.
1: <laughs> but I thought you I thought this was something that you've watched previously. Oh no, I just found out about it last week. <laughs> Cause it totally made it seem like oh uh, this is something that you've known about oh. and you've been watching. Um here, Sam, watch all of this before our next show because it's really funny. <laughs> It is really funny. It's hilarious. Thank you very much. It's hilarious. (laughs) I think the dynamic between the two kids are amazing.
0: What is the premise of this? So, yes. (laughs) Two women called Kate, hence the catering show. One of them has a a whole bunch of food intolerances, and the other one is like a wannabe foodie. And so they then go, and it's also like a pastiche of cooking shows as well, and Mm -hmm. lifestyle shows. Um, and i love
1: i love yeah they're australian yeah. which is um i think it really adds to the sense of humor that's involved
0: it does yeah like i think i was thinking i was trying to imagine it in like another accent and you're like ah, probably well this wouldn't quite work i love that the logo is a column that spits out all the food <laughs> there's just so many great little touches like that yes because <laughs> that's her isn't it it's like her <laughs> intolerance to all the food Yep, there's coming crapping out on your screen <laughs> So there is. They've done. So right now, there's only six episodes. They're each about eight eight minutes long. Um, so definitely worth checking out. <laughs> and I think season two is coming spring time this year. I think they've rumored, rumored to be so. So how did you find out about this show? So uh, on the script notes podcast, which we've mm. talked about before, at the end of each show, they have uh, a little segment called "One Cool Thing." where uh, the two guys, uh, Craig and John, to say one cool thing that they've enjoyed that week. Mm-hmm. And I think Craig had seen the catering show and that was his one cool thing. So that was good. That put that uh, uh, that made my week a little bit more enjoyable. Even more than it already was. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely need to watch through all of them. I just watched that one episode that you sent me, which was about the risotto, <laughs> aka what hot rice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I won't watch rest because it's very funny. Speaking of funny, let's talk about The
0: Expanse. No, that's a terrible segue. <laughs> okay, you've lost, you've lost your segue privileges. <laughs> so you finished it. I did finish it. Yes. Congratulations. I'm sorry. It was really tough. I
1: have to tell you, like, the last two episodes, it took me forever to get through them. I, I, I honestly think that this entire season... Mm-hmm. Could have been done in about four episodes. It really
0: could. It yeah. really could. I was really hoping it would end well. Mm. It does not. So Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The following
1: segment will have spoilers regarding the x Where to start? Where to start? Um a friend of the show, Drew, mentioned that an interesting thing that he realized after watching each episode was that they could have started the show with this episode (laughs) so after he watched like episode five he actually noted they could have started with this episode (laughs) and it would have been i wouldn't have missed anything but having said that i feel like there's just so much emphasis on things that seem absolutely trivial or things that seem absolutely useless to um the season and i don't know if it's because there were like huge like big notes in the book or maybe they're foreshadowing things in the other season it doesn't seem likely here's what i wrote about the last two episodes miller and holden getting poisoned was pretty cool everything else was pure shit agreed i uh, yes, i i have no i have no qualms with that so here's my big question um, and I, I'm just going to write you what I wrote down. Um, mm-hmm, please do. Why was Miller even in love with Julie? He was all down in the dumps after he finds her. Am I missing the point of what, what qualities that she had that made him fall in love with her?
0: Right. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think what they were trying to go for was that the more he is just like the cop that couldn't give up the case. Yeah. And though even when he gets fired, that just makes him want to pursue the case even more. But it's so clumsily done, and I don't and it right, You don't believe it. Like it's not yeah. well done at all. And it
1: does like towards the later parts, like there's ai uh, I think Semi, his like ex-partner, you know, he goes like, You're in love with her, right? Oh, and she doesn't. Yes. Yeah, and he's like yeah. all bashful about it. Like he actually is in love with her. Yeah. And when he does find her And she's obviously no longer herself. He's, like, super depressed. And he goes on this, like, you know, this quest of getting revenge for her. And it's just, like, kind of ridiculous. Yes, yet more people doing things that we don't understand why or care about. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, So here's the other thing. Like, there are just so many unnecessary parts um, that I felt just led to nowhere, right? Oh, yeah, Uh, in in that last episode... There's so many time wasters like um so the team splits up, right? The party splits up and it's yeah. like Naomi and uh what's his name? Uh, the grunt military guy and Amos. Amos. Yeah. Amos and and Andy? Oh, the pilot. The pilot. You see even after 10 episodes I still don't know their fucking names. <laughs> <laughs> so they're running away. They're they're running back to their ship. And they come across uh, like these stragglers. Oh God, yeah. That need help, and so they're like, "Okay, fine, come with us." And it's like a full scene of them convincing, like, "Okay, they need help. We're gonna help them." They come with us, and then, (laughs) um, and of course, like the person that's helping them out is uh, is Miller's ex buddy, Semi. Yes. Yeah. And they're going through this underground tunnel.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, but, but Naomi somehow unknows about? That. Right. Naomi
1: right. somehow knows about, which I think that is actually a potential future point, right? Right. She has a dark past. I think that's been hinted at before, right? I yeah. gave her the benefit, right? I was like, okay, like, I'll go mm-hmm. with that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden, one of the stragglers who was, like, uh, following along just all of a sudden disappears. And it's like, hey, where's that guy? And I don't think they actually say his name. They're like, where's that guy? <laughs> and then the his
0: the cop guy is just like, oh, yeah, I got rid of him. <laughs>
1: and that was it. Yeah.
0: In fact, the whole thing like, is entirely pointless. I mean, even like the kid. Uh, there's a little kid. Uh, yeah, and there's a the kid. Bes- like, tries to break her up from her mother because like you can't <laughs> stay here. Then he just stays with the mother. So they're like, okay. And they just carry on going. There is no reason for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no reason. The best part is she, she follows this, like... Um, This map that only the OPA know about. And Mm -hmm. she's obviously has some dark history. So she understands the map. And she come across to Dead End. Yeah, And there's this whole exposition of like, Oh, what are we going to do now? Right? Mm -hmm. And then someone just like kicks the wall. And just, (laughs) it opens up. And that's obviously where they're supposed to go. Like, was that conversation of them being stopped even necessary? I mean...
0: Yes. (laughs) And the worst part is... This happens, there are two more examples of that happening, of just fake drama where there's no reason for all these scenes except to build some kind of attempt at tension, but has absolutely no bearing on either the character's behavior or the outcome of the plot. Right. And, and the two are, so Miller and... Um, Holden. Holden, thank you. They are, they're hiding in this little Japanese arcade... And yeah. what, some, one of the military guys comes past, and they choke him. And it's like, oh, a little tense. Who's going to come find him? And then on the radio, they goes, okay, we'll see you back at base. <laughs> and the buddies leave. This whole scene had no consequence. There was no reason for this scene. <laughs> I mean, perhaps you could argue that, oh, you see, like, Holden is getting... He's becoming a badass, perhaps, and he's, like, mm. facing the fact that he might have to hurt people. <sighs> no, but then they
1: have... Right after that scene, they have another scene where it's Holden literally holding a gun to someone's face mm. and not shooting him.
0: Oh, this is the spy person, the spy yeah.
1: guy. Kind of that cool. was, like, I kind of like that idea. I like the spy guy. <laughs> He's not a shy guy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that whole scene was also unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Right? And then and then when they fly and they try to fly away, there's like, They've got clamps. Oh my god, they're <laughs> clamps. <laughs> Pilot goes, Alright, I'll just I'll just fly and they'll break off. Oh, they break off. They fly away. Right. Why um. why? Well, this is I mean, I am no I am no T V writer, but this strikes me as completely awful writing. You can't inject drama if there's no Some consequences. There's There's going to be consequences. There needs to be reasons of people acting. There needs to be forces acting against them. There needs to be just basic (laughs) conflict that leads to drama and tension. Mm -hmm. And this does not happen at all. So disappointing. Right.
1: And I'm pretty sure the writers actually got a part from a Looney Tunes cartoon when Miller and Holden start a riot by them throwing their voice to the crowd. (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> and <laughs> starting the gunfire to actually happen. In this scene, um, they need to cross a hallway, which uh their ship is located in. Mm-hmm. But the hallway is blocked by two opposing people. Like one side is are the belters, and then the other side is uh the law enforcement that's local to the station that they're at. Yeah. And you know, you can just kind of feel like the tension is about to happen, they're about to start fighting. And so Miller's brilliant idea is to go,
0: hey, what are you, stink?"
1: (laughs) Or something to that point where...
0: (laughs) Your mama's so fat. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) And they start killing each other, and then that's when
0: they decide to run through. Oh, God. What do we know at the end of episode 10 that we didn't know at the end of episode one? And I'm really struggling to think of what that is. All I can think of... So we know that Julie Ma's dad is someone important. We know there is electric goo that's turns people into crystals
1: right we know that they're trying to to me what it seems like they're trying to create some sort of cure and the only way to get the cure is to do that to a whole bunch of people first
0: right which is what they're trying to do at the station at the end where they imprison everyone right okay good and that's it that's like 10 hours of television tell us that
1: yeah i mean i think if anything it was like uh the introduction of the three different factions right yeah you have the earthers the belters and the martians
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: but yeah i mean even that i feel like i kind of still don't know what they're all about
0: <sighs> oh dear so Oh dear once again my apologies <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know like the cg is very pretty and nice it is done. That's true. Yeah, even this the the mock interface they have for the phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not put off by it at all. I actually, I think it works for that show. And I actually don't say that a lot about like the mock interfaces that they have on shows.
0: <laughs> As someone who works quite a lot with UI design, <laughs> right? Although, don't you think there are privacy concerns that everyone can see what you're looking at just by because your phone is see through. <laughs> That doesn't seem like a great security measure, right? there. Right.
1: Not only see-through, but it actually pops out of <laughs> the glass that
0: it's in. Oh, you must make sure that you're looking at your phone against a plain background. <laughs> right. So, I am sorry. I wanted to like it. Don't be sorry. It's, it's given us a lot, lot to talk about. Yeah, I think it makes for good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll give them that. I think that's all. that's all the shows I've seen this week. Oh, no, Broad City. Oh, my God. Did you see Broad City is back? I did not watch. I actually haven't watched season two of Broad City.
1: <sighs> but you were amazed that I liked Broad City. I'm very surprised that you like Broad City. What is it about the show that you
0: that you like? I guess I've never really thought about it. I've never. <laughs> I have to intellectualize Broad City. It's just <laughs> funny as hell. It's crude as fuck, funny as hell. And it's also fun to go location spotting in That's uh, New true. York City
1: doesn't it so to me it kind of bothered me that they're such like failures at life but i guess
0: that's the humor right yeah yes you successful people are never funny <laughs> i mean, they are awful people as well i'm so glad they just exist on my tv screen and aren't in i don't know them in real life but that's fine like t- t- for me i can go that's fine i'm happy to just have that's them that's the other thing
1: like to me whenever i see really awful people just mocking being really awful people Mm -hmm. i get a little hurt (laughs) inside thinking that these people might it might actually be their personalities (laughs) so i'm a little concerned at liking it because i'm like am i really liking them because they might actually be like that and does that make me a horrible person (laughs) these two ladies are like absolutely like despicable people
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i guess we can't really say much because you aren't caught up I mean you can you can you can start watching season three. I mean there's no <laughs> plot arc that you're not gonna know about, you know. I do enjoy Lincoln. Yes. He
1: is one yeah. of the best parts of that show.
0: Totally. Yeah, uh, he's very good. Well, you will have to catch up.
1: Alright. But yay,
0: it's back. Listen to any good podcasts this week.
1: I have, and these are all recommended on my Overcast recommendations, so follow me on Twitter, and then check out Overcast.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so Song Exploder um, had this really great episode of the song in the movie The Martian
0: uh-huh. with
1: songwriter slash composer Harry Gregson-Williams. <laughs> the Song Exploder is really good because um, it goes through some of the themes that are in the scene alongside the character, and it's really interesting to, su- uh, to, to listen to uh, a composer as opposed to like a, a songwriter take yeah. the components of a movie and try to break those down into elements of the music of mm-hmm. the score. Yeah. And yes. I think um, this was just very unique in a way that it, he broke it down because when you do listen to it at the, at the end of the episode, at the end of the podcast, you're like, oh, my God, everything sort of makes sense. And it's really uh, amazing whenever stuff like that uh, comes together.
0: I think I, I, mean, I have dabbled in Song Exploder before, mm-hmm. but kind of to your point, listening to songwriters talk about how they wrote a three-minute pop song, it's not mm. always super interesting to me. I mean, I'm sure they do a great job of trying to find the interesting stories, Yeah, but the ones I listened to, I was like, oh, that's quite interesting, but like, mm-hmm. oh, I felt a bit sad, so I wrote a song about being sad. <laughs> and i called it sad, <laughs> sad. with all minor chords yeah right that spell out sad. <laughs> yes yeah uh, so i love the idea of them doing it for a for a movie score or at least you know sections of a movie score that's super cool. great right. i'm going to listen to that
1: yeah they should actually do more i wish they had um more like song composers or like sorry score composers
0: That said, though, there is someone coming up soon who may be of interest to you.
1: Oh, my God. Is it Carly Rae Jepsen?
0: (laughs) This is the rumor I'm hearing. Yes. Through the medium of Twitter. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I was actually looking for that episode when I found this episode. Oh, I see. (laughs) 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 Yeah. no, I think it's coming up, right? I don't think it's they've, they've done it yet. Right. It was recorded live, but I don't think it's been put out yet. Oh, so somewhere someone has it. Right, although I would imagine that, just as you said, Carly Rae Jepsen's Song Exploder would actually be pretty boring. Where Mm. it is... I'm not... I don't want to, like, presume. No, perhaps... It would would be more like, I felt like I needed a happy song, so I, you know, had an orange and then (laughs) wrote this song.
0: Yeah, I'm also not sure about a live... Like, in general, when podcasts have, like, a live episode... Mm. Then I yep. never really like them as much.
1: That's true. You sort of looking, you're sort of peeking behind the curtain. Yeah. And the magic all disappears.
0: Yeah, I think I maybe if you're in the audience at the time, mm. that's great. But as a listener, you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> get back in the studio. But I will listen to the Carly Rae Jepsen episode of Song Exploder when it comes out. And speaking of songwriting. Okay, fine, you can be Segway Man again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've heard an amazing episode of Surprisingly Awesome Yes, that talks about this song, Tub Thumping.
0: It might have been even better than the Broccoli episode. It
1: might have actually been better than the Broccoli episode. Mm. It addresses a lot of the initial thoughts that I had about Tub Thumping, mm-hmm. which is uh, known to be, in America, a one-hit wonder song. You, as a British person, hello, how do you view... The song Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba.
0: Also as a one hit wonder, but I was aware that they had existed before. Right. It's, and while I did have some awareness, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps like fuzzy background knowledge. Like if someone had said to me, hey, Joe, you know, well, maybe I won't spoil it here, but like, mm. hey, Chumbawamba or so and so, I might be like, oh, yeah, I think I did know that. Mm. but hearing the episode kind of going into depth about the band yeah yeah, very interesting was well, surprisingly awesome yeah <laughs> up to it is surprisingly awesome
1: and I think this was actually the first episode that I heard with Adam McKay in it right um, he
0: hasn't been on it for a while has he right
1: because so. he's too busy making hit movies like the big short right still not seen that I'll put yep. it on my list but I heard it was good
0: mm, me too what about you, Edwin? Have you heard any good podcasts uh, let's see. I have listened to, I've spent some money. I, I, <laughs> I don't always listen to The Pen Addict. Yeah. But when I do, I usually end up spending money. Oh my so God. So this, <laughs> this week was no different. In fact, even just reading the show notes is enough for me to go, Oh, that does sound like an <laughs> interesting thing. And go down the rabbit hole and then end up buying a pen or two. So
1: I'm very curious about the format of the Pan Addict.
0: Yeah, I've I mean it's I think it's in its like in two it's like in the into its like two hundreds in for the number of shows, so it's been going mm-hmm. a while. It's like a, it's an occasional listen for me. I subscribe mm-hmm. but I I'm not a completist. I'll happily skip over episodes and delete them. So generally uh, I think there 's two guys talk about it mike who 's kind like of the host, and then there is jeez, I think his name is Dan, and he actually runs a pen company or manufacturing company mm-hmm. and he 's recently just gone full time on and on this 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 pen company and is trying to do that as a as his uh, yeah, full time work so they kind of have a chat around the state of pens and then <laughs> the state the world of pens and then uh <laughs> they 'll often have guests in. People who are making pens, people reviewing pens. I don't know. Generally, pens, 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 pens. Um, it's good. I like it. Um, they had a guy who, uh, who started Kara's Customs, which is, uh, I think it was a kickstarted. It was like got got a huge round of funding from Kickstarter, and then this guy just machining aluminum casings mm-hmm. for or like the case for pens, and then you can take the ink insert from. Uh, like a pilot G two, and put right. it into this this uh, the shell. You know, so for like forty bucks, you can get a really nice, nicely designed case for, or what am I saying, a really nice design pen and stuff like that. So I think you
1: did send that link to me, right? It was um, it was like a Kickstarter, wasn't oh, it? Possibly.
0: I send you lots of stuff, so I, <laughs> I lose track. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. So I've ordered one of those. And then I was awarded so a uh, Japanese. Uh, is the high? Is the pilot's Oh fuck! God damn it! Yeah, you see, I'm only on the cusp of the pen world, so I can't really talk is about this in huge depth. But the pilot juice, point thirty eight millimeter,
1: no, or is it the pilot high tech point three millimeter?
0: Uh, this is the pilot high tech C, I think. Now that you mention it, yeah, high tech C. Uh, I think I went for the point four millimeter, So... Yes. Yay writing. Yay writing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, though, because I do have a
1: particularness with pens as well. And I'm glad to see that in their top five list. Uh, the pen that I like the most is their number one for top five pens in the store. Oh, nice. What is that? It is the Uniball Jetstream, uh, the 0.7 millimeter, which I find to be the smoothest in the store's um people may think the forgot it's the pilot g2
0: right yeah um, that's one which is really idea. popular yeah that is crazy popular i think
1: but i don't like it because um i don't like the way the gel feels on paper
0: mm. Hmm.
1: whereas the uniball jet stream i feel is super
0: smooth so yes for occasional pen dalliances um, check out the pen Addicts. ninja update oh ninja updates ninjas are still shit great that's my update thanks a lot sam still not happy still shitty is it slightly less shitty than
1: ninja one i would say in a different way but still shitty nonetheless well i'm proud
0: of you for putting them out there though that takes guts next one will be better perhaps as long as there's something slightly better each time or you know you've learned something then it's all worthwhile oh so nice much like this podcast Okay, fine, I'm looking it up. Thanks, Sam. You made me look like an idiot. (laughs) Once again.